When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is the future of cryptocurrency? How do we regulate it? And what is the relationship between crypto and banks? We'll get to all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Cryptocurrency has exploded within the global investment landscape. I mean, there are now several different cryptocurrencies available. We've got the tried and true Bitcoin, its meme stock Dogecoin, and even a lesser known crypto called Polkadot. But crypto is different from physical money. We know the regulations on money, but what are the regulations when it comes to this collection of binary data that's designed to work as a medium of exchange? Right now, cryptocurrencies only fall under the jurisdiction of the SEC, the CTFC, and the IRS. And as the popularity of this industry grows, talks about regulation even made it into initial drafts of that big bipartisan infrastructure bill. So what does all of this mean? Here to talk me through all of this is partner at Anderson Kill Law, founder of Crypto Connect. She worked at Coinbase, so she really knows what she's talking about. Haley Lennon. Haley, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super excited to talk about regulation today. Yes. You know, I think it's something that people really want to know about because um, and for our listeners, by the way, we did do a podcast on the basics of Bitcoin. So if you'd like to take a deeper dive into Bitcoin specifically, you can go back and take a listen just to get some background. But Haley, since I have you just for a quick refresher, can you um, explain what cryptocurrency is used for and how it's traded? Sure. Um, so at its core, cryptocurrency is just a new type of money, but it operates in a very different way because it's virtual, meaning there's no physical coins or notes. Um, and Bitcoin is transferred using a distributed ledger called the blockchain. So cryptocurrency can be purchased through centralized exchanges like Coinbase or Gemini. And then once an individual has cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, they can um, directly transfer that to individuals as a peer-to-peer transfer. And that really removes the need um, for an intermediary like a bank. Okay. Well, speaking of banks, what is that relationship between banks and crypto? So banks and crypto have always had a really interesting relationship. I started my career at Silvergate Bank, which is one of the main banking partners in the cryptocurrency space. And so at its core, I think banks view cryptocurrency as a threat to traditional finance and how it operates. But on the other side, cryptocurrency companies, including exchanges, really need banking relationships to ensure that they um, can continue to conduct exchanges on behalf of clients. And so there's this interesting dynamic where cryptocurrency and banks 
sort of need to coexist. And in more recent years, other regulators, including the OCC, the Office of Controller of Currency, has actually indicated that national banks can custody cryptocurrency and even uh, deal in stable coins, which are um, cryptocurrency with less volatility. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, when, when you read about cryptocurrency, one of the founding principles is that it's decentralized and unregulated. So in just simple terms, what exactly does that mean? So I think when people say it's unregulated, they're misunderstanding. Um, the The general idea is that cryptocurrency allows you to do virtual payments between two individuals the same way I could give you $10 today and the government wouldn't necessarily need to know about that transaction. Cryptocurrency allows individuals to transfer funds from one person to another. um, And it's not as centrally surveilled as our bank accounts and credit card statements. So the idea is really taking back some of the financial privacy that um, many feel we've lost through traditional banking uh, and electronic payments through the banking system. But actually, in the US, there are a ton of regulations that impact cryptocurrency companies that are putting cryptocurrency into circulation. And so there really is our gatekeepers to ensure what uh, what cryptocurrency is being used for and by who. Right. And when you really do a deeper dive, the IRS classifies cryptocurrencies as property for federal income tax purposes. So can you break that right. down for me? Yeah. So it's really interesting. Every regulator in the U.S. defines cryptocurrency in a way that allows them to have regulatory oversight. And so without going into too much detail, I'll just explain that um, state and federal regulators, including FinCEN, the Financial Crime Enforcement Network, define cryptocurrency as money. And so in that way, they can regulate cryptocurrency and its movement Um, as a money services business, and there's anti-money laundering requirements in place. Then you go over to the IRS, which is within the same um, organization under the Treasury Department, and they define cryptocurrency as property because that allows them to tax any gains on cryptocurrency as capital gains. So, just there, you see two different regulators define one saying cryptocurrencies money, one saying it's property. Um, and there's a lot of examples of that in the United States, just federal government um, reg- defining cryptocurrency in a way that lets them regulate it. Right. And, and Haley, correct me if I'm wrong, but just listening to you talk, it doesn't, I mean, there are defined rules of trading, but it also can kind of get confusing. And it just seems like there are millions of people who trade cryptocurrencies that don't really know the rules. So if you own crypto, how do you know what goes and what doesn't? So it is interesting because it's a new technology. There are different um, ways in which people can get onto the, the network. So there are centralized exchanges, which really monitor who that person is um, and ensure that people are trading fairly There are other um, exchanges, especially outside of the U.S., that might arguably be less regulated. Um, So as like as a everyday trader, what I tell people is that they really need to understand the volatility of cryptocurrency Mm. um, because there there is still as the as the industry is maturing, there's a lot of volatility still. 
Um, a lot of exchanges do help uh, clients and customers download reports that will help them file taxes with the IRS. But um, but it is a, it's a still, you know, it's a complicated, evolving industry. And so people are are still learning the best ways to handle um, sort of individual requirements of compliance. Mm-hmm. You brought up a fascinating point when you talk about, you know, the U.S. and other countries, as it is for a lot of things. Just because rules are one way here in the U.S. doesn't necessarily mean that's the case around the world. So how are other countries treating the regulation of crypto? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people in the space feel that the U.S. is regulating cryptocurrency too aggressively. And as a result, innovation is fleeing the United States. And in a lot of ways, that's partially because we have so many regulators in the U.S. Um, You know, you and I haven't even touched on the uh, Security and Exchange Commission and the Commodities Future Trading Commission. They also um, regulate this space because Bitcoin is considered a commodity. So when you go to another country, um, for example, Japan, there are more centralized regulatory agencies that sort of one regulator oversees the space. In Japan, it's the financial services agency. And so in those countries, there's just less regulatory pressure because there's either one regulator or candidly, some jurisdictions don't have much regulation at all. And so what happens with Um, especially in the startup space where, you know, companies can sort of choose where they want to be based or located. Some some companies end up just blocking off U.S. residents from partaking in the in the new product or service so that there's less regulatory requirements to comply with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Can you actually I know you said we haven't gotten into some of these. Can you go into some of the regulations that we have here in the U.S.? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to sort of do an overview. Um, Perfect. So a company wanting to operate in the U.S., if they are trying to do any sort of money transmission or exchange of dollars to um, crypto or crypto to crypto exchange, they would be looking to get money transmitter licenses in all 50 states. So each state has a different money transmitter license. Um, New York, the New York Department of Financial Services also has actually drafted a something they call the bit license, which is a money transmitter license, but specific to cryptocurrency. And that goes into regulating a lot more about how companies are handling their cybersecurity aspects, how they're storing cryptocurrency for clients to ensure that there's no hacking incidents in the US. Then on the federal level, I already mentioned that FinCEN Uh, regulates cryptocurrency as money. And so any company in the space has to have comply with the Bank Secrecy Act and have um, an anti-money laundering program, pretty much everything a bank needs to do. So Mm -hmm. have a compliance officer file suspicious activity reports, do transaction monitoring of the dollar side and the Bitcoin side of the transactions. Um, and then more recently, in the last few years, we've really had a dialogue with uh, between the SEC and CFTC. And um, the dialogue there is that the CFTC has said that Bitcoin is a commodity and therefore regulated by the CFTC. Um, and the CFTC is is concerned about things like market manipulation um, and just having um, 
adequate price discovery for the price of Bitcoin. Then on the other side, the SEC says that if something isn't a commodity um, and is considered an investment contract, that the SEC would regulate that specific token. So with the SEC and CFTC, we're actually talking about each cryptocurrency. So Bitcoin is a commodity under the CFTC, whereas um, the SEC says any other tokens that seem to be an investment contract, and I can explain what that is in a moment, but anything that is considered to be an investment contract would be regulated by the SEC and need to be registered as a security with them, um, which at this point, most tokens and cryptocurrencies are not. So we're seeing a lot of enforcement actions from the SEC on some of these projects. I see. Well, you also, I want to go back to something you said in the beginning of that, the that every state has a different, you need a, uh, a money transmitter license for all 50 states. Why is that? Yeah. Why why does each state treat it differently? Um, it's just, you know, it goes back to some of the ways that, that money transmission functioned, you know, b- before the idea of cryptocurrency even existed. And um, each state has its own sort of, um, banking regulations that oversee uh, the way that companies need to operate in that state. So each state has its own bond requirement, um, often its own capital requirement. It has its own license. There's been pushes towards making more of uh, that application process streamlined. So, uh, you know, I would say roughly 20 to 30 licenses are all through the same sort of application portal through um, a website called NMLS, but it still is very um, disjointed in the U.S. And so, you know, I work with clients often who are just going state by state to determine which, you know, going state by state and applying for these money transmitter licenses. It can take up to two years and up to, you know, 500 thousand to a million dollars in in legal fees to do it so it's got to be really worth it yeah i mean it in the united states you know you can't operate in that state unless you have the money transmitter license or the new york bit license now this only applies to companies like a like a coinbase or a gemini or a company looking to actually take in dollars um and facilitate the exchange of dollars to Bitcoin or that that sort of thing. So the actual, you know, cryptocurrency exchanges. But, you know, companies I, I've seen, you know, try to apply what states will have the most customers in them uh-huh. um, and start, you know, sort of in that order because it is a, a really long process. So if that application process does eventually become streamlined and let's say they add new regulations, how will the, that change cryptocurrency? Well, I think it would change it for the better. Um the I mentioned earlier, the OCC, the Office of Comptroller of Currency, you know, put out some clarifying guidance and comment letters last year that specified that national banks can exchange and hold cryptocurrency. And so I think there's a world in which national bank charters replace this state by state mm-hmm. um licensing, but we have not seen that yet. And part of that had to do with the administration changing um, and the new Office of Controller of the Currency uh, president, you know, lead looking over the past guidance. But I think we've now 
gotten clarification that the new OCC team agrees with that idea. And so I think, you know, and it's also the interesting thing about the banking and crypto relationship is I I don't think it'll I think in the next five or 10 years, we'll see cryptocurrency companies becoming national banks or national banks getting into the crypto space in some way. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, anytime we're talking about regulation, our mind goes to the government. And you did mention the change of administration, things like that. Um, and this is something that the Biden administration is reportedly trying to address through proposed legislation that would bring more regulation to the cryptocurrency market. So what would that look like? Yeah, so um, we've seen a few efforts, including the um, infrastructure bill that had a provision in it that would increase surveillance and tax reporting requirements um, in the cryptocurrency space. We've also um, seen Gary Ginsler, who is um, chairman of of the a commissioner of the SEC, um, looking more closely into this space. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has been very vocal about sort of not being a big fan of cryptocurrency. So we're seeing some, you know, sort of government regulatory pressure on this space. But I think what what the industry feels is that we've matured to a place where no regulation will um, really long term have negative impacts on the industry as long as that regulation is thoughtful. And so far we've seen we've seen regulators really taking their time and thinking about how to regulate the space. So I think that, you know, I think that the future is still very bright for the cryptocurrency industry. I am so glad that you mentioned Elizabeth Warren um, is not a big fan of cryptocurrency because, <laughs> you know, that they're, they're are people in this country who are like cryptocurrency is bad and you even mentioned people need to understand the volatility of it. So Mm -hmm. from your perspective, why do people, why are people a little bit weary about cryptocurrency and why are other people like this is the future? Um, I think that People are weary about cryptocurrency for two reasons. I think one, they might be misinformed. Um, I think the government and media does a good job of sort of stressing the potential bad use cases of cryptocurrency and not the um, actually what the majority of cryptocurrency is used for, which is legitimate business purposes and uh, cross-border remittance that are less expensive and faster than the banks. Um, But, you know, I think also for statements by people like Elizabeth Warren, we had President Donald Trump, you know, a few years ago, tweet about Bitcoin's value being based on thin air. Um, In those cases, I feel like it's because the idea of Bitcoin and decentralization um, challenges the notion of the need for intermediaries, um, including banks, and really challenges the notion of the need for a lot of government involvement in our finances. And, um, you know, I think some people hear this idea of financial privacy and they think that means something like secrecy, but really there's no reason why we should expect privacy in sort of our day-to-day lives, but then be okay with 
um, the government or bank seeing every single transaction we ever do through our bank account and uh, and credit card because there's a there's value in privacy. And so I think that we're just seeing sort of a power struggle in some ways in terms of cryptocurrency being such a powerful decentralized movement that we're seeing. Wow, that I, I think you broke that down um, very eloquently because it is true. I mean, we we want more privacy in our world. And the thought of having something like that is it, it just challenging kind of the, the basic notion of privacy. Um, right. but, but you make a very valid point there. So, Thanks. yeah, Haley, something cool that you do is called Crypto Connect. What exactly is Crypto Connect? So Crypto Connect is an organization I launched um, la- earlier this year. Um, the idea behind Crypto Connect is it is a women-led organization. I've uh, put together a, an amazing board of very accomplished women in the cryptocurrency space. Um, but the organization is open to all and w- the goal is to really put forth networking events, professional development, educational um, events to help newcomers come into the space, learn about the industry, um, and also people who are in the space continue to get to know the community um, and do networking and business development. We launched in 12 different cities. Um 12 major cities this year, and we're expanding to 12 more next year. And we've already had a ton of um, interest internationally. So trying to figure out how to balance that sort of quick growth. But um, the idea would be that once you're within the Crypto Connect organization, um, say you're, you're based, I'm based in Los Angeles, so I'd be associated with that chapter. Then anytime I'm traveling for business, or if I were to permanently relocate somewhere or travel abroad for for fun and wanted to meet up with some Bitcoiners and talk over a glass of wine, um, this sort of community would would give people the access to those to ping into those communities uh, when they travel. That is so amazing and such a fitting name, Crypto Connect, because cryptocurrency and anyone who is in that space, it's it's a great um, way to unify people. And um, you are one of those accomplished women in the crypto space. So um, people should definitely check that out. Yeah, thank you. I hope you will. Um, It's really exciting. And all of our events so far have been really well attended by men and women and just really interesting, exciting conversations. Just in your opinion, um, what is the future of cryptocurrency? So I'm super optimistic about the future of cryptocurrency. I, you know, I've had I've had friends and people ask me what's what's sort of the worst case for crypto, and I I really don't see a world in which cryptocurrency and the and the technology it's built upon doesn't have really amazing lasting impacts on our world. Um, so it's been about ten years since Bitcoin's white paper was put into existence by Satoshi Nakamoto, who we still don't know who that is. And <laughs> it might um, be you, Haley. Clear to say, Bitcoin's not going anywhere. So um, just recently, El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender, which means that it's actually sort of recognized by the government as a as a form of payment. That's the first country to do so. 
And so I think we, um, you know, and we are also seeing blockchain technology and cryptocurrency being used for projects like NFTs, which stands for non-fungible tokens. So, I mean, I think that we're only going really amazing places here and just continuing to find the right areas for this idea of sort of cutting out the intermediary um, and and improving technology in the U.S. and abroad. Well, if, if anyone has any questions about crypto, Haley Lennon is your gal. So, Haley, thank you so much for joining us on Getting Schooled and good luck in the future of cryptocurrency. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. Alright, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Haley Lennon. Number one, when it comes to regulating cryptocurrency, Haley says some people think the U.S. is actually regulating too much, so innovation is fleeing the U.S. We have so many regulators here, but in other countries, there is less regulatory pressure. That brings me to number two. Here in the United States, if you do want to do money transition or crypto to crypto exchange, you need a money transmitter license for all 50 states. A money transmitter license authorizes the holder to transmit currency, monetary value or payment instruments within our country. So it's necessary if you want to trade cryptocurrency. And number three. Haley says that a big reason why people are weary about crypto is because they're misinformed. It does challenge the idea of the need for intermediaries like banks and government involvement, but she emphasized crypto is largely used for legitimate business purposes. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on cryptocurrencies. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.